Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our reading in English, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. It happened that as Jesus made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at him, look at them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. They went, and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not ten healed? Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up, on your way, your faith has saved you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. morning. It is wonderful to be with you today. Um, I'm going to teach you two greetings, one from a tribe in South Sudan called the Nuer people, and you can simply uh, repeat what I say, so it's easy. Are you ready? Male. 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 Male Maguar. Male Medit. Male Mashum Shum. Male Mashum Shum. So Male means um, peace to you. And the one I like, the one at the end, Male Mashum Shum, means sweet peace to you. So that's a a blessing, an offering, uh, a greeting from the New Air people of South Sudan. And we know there's several of you from here from Congo. Christian and I used to live in Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, and we spoke the language of Chiluba. Chiluba, we would say, Moyo. Can you repeat that? Moyo. Now I'm going to say something. I want you to say, repeat that back to me, Moyo. Moyo wenu. Okay, you would just say moyo. So I'm going to say moyo wenu, you say moyo. You ready? Moyo wenu. Moyo. Okay. Good. 
Can you hear me okay? Okay. So our passage today refers to the skin disease called leprosy. Now, during biblical times, there was no like modern cure for leprosy because that was some time ago. Um, and it wasn't until the 1900s that there was a modern uh, cure, a physical cure for leprosy. So leprosy um, was incurable for a long time. It was highly contagious and could be deadly. And for those who had leprosy, they would be isolated. They'd be separated from their communities. So people who had the skin disease of leprosy, they knew something about what it was like to feel rejected, um, isolated from their communities. Now, with this recent pandemic, um, we, a lot of us, probably had some idea, we got a taste of what social isolation can feel like. Because we lived for months on end during that time when we couldn't travel, we couldn't um, worship together, we could not be with our loved ones. We sort of lived outside of our normal activities and routines. And sometimes we were estranged from those we love. And some of us even became untouchable for a season because we contracted the COVID-19 disease. In fact, Pastor Matt and Rachel are at home now because they have COVID. And so some of us have experienced what it's like to be separated from our, from our loved ones for a period of time. It's not pleasant. Our passage from Luke today is a scripture passage that only the gospel writer Luke tells. We don't find it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Uh, Matthew, Mark, or John. We find it in Luke only. <laughs> so towards the end of Jesus's uh, ministry, he and the disciples make a long journey, a trek from Galilee to the north to Jerusalem in the south. And we know from a previous passage in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus has sent disciples ahead of him to prepare his journey to go to Jerusalem. But when they go to Samaria, they're rebuffed, they are rejected, they are turned around. The Samaritans don't want Jesus to pass through their region. So in this passage, Jesus goes kind of the long way around on his way to Jerusalem. But they find themselves on a border town between Galilee and Samaria. In this border town, they find 10 people who have this skin disease of leprosy. Now, this group of 10 people, it seems that they're a mix of both Jews and Samaritans. So probably the, the rejection they've all experienced from their communities has brought them together. Their suffering has brought them together, both Jews and Samaritans. And what do they do? They cry out. They cry out to Jesus. They stand at a distance and they cry out that Jesus could maybe help them. They've probably heard that Jesus has the power to heal disease, even leprosy. So they're willing to shout out and ask Jesus for help. And in and they're shouting, they probably would be even more ostracized and marginalized by their communities. But they don't care. 
They're tired of their sickness, their disease. They cry out. And Jesus stops and he listens and he says to them, go, go show yourself to the priests. Now, if we read the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, we know that according to the uh, purification ritual, that ordinarily someone would first be healed. Then they would go to the priest who would um, do what priests do to um, sort of verify, validate that they've been healed. But in this case, Jesus is saying, you go to the priest. So they probably didn't fully understand this, but they go, and in their going, they are healed. This is not what they expected. But either they were so desperate, their faith was either so strong or they were desperate enough that they trusted God for their healing. Now one of them, Um, When he is healed, he sort of um, doesn't respect, he doesn't listen to Jesus. Jesus told him to go to the priest, but instead of going to the priest, he immediately turns around and goes back to Jesus. And he falls at Jesus' feet. One of the translations says he falls prostrate at the feet of Jesus, loudly giving thanks for what God has done to him in healing him. Jesus, going, giving thanks was so important to him that he interrupts Jesus' instructions and goes back to Jesus to give thanks. Jesus comments that this man is an outsider, a foreigner. We know that he's a Samaritan. He's from among a people, the Samaritans, who don't associate with the Jews. In fact, they've rebuffed Jesus. They've rejected that Jesus even come through their home region. So in this story, God, through Jesus, is healing someone who's a foreigner, someone who's outside of God's covenant people, Israel, someone who's looked down upon by the Jews. Jesus says to this man, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Jesus affirms this man's faith, and he affirms this this man's spirit of gratitude. He publicly praises this man, this Samaritan, this outsider, um, as an example um, of someone having faith and showing gratitude. Um, As Jim described in the introduction, one significant ministry of our church partner in South Sudan is helping people to find inner healing from trauma and prejudice. Last year, our team facilitated a healing and reconciliation workshop in a place called Gorom, a community of people who have been displaced from their homes due to conflict. One of the central parts of the workshop is recognizing that Jesus bears our pain as well as our sin. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, Isaiah prophesies about the Messiah that he will take up our pain and carry our sorrows. When we are able to give over our pain, our bitterness, our hate to Jesus, rather than holding on to it ourselves, God can bring healing. Throughout the workshop, we heard testimonies from people who felt freed from burdens in their hearts or able to forgive someone who had wounded them. One woman shared that her parents had died when she was a child and then she was passed around to different relatives as she grew up. Now she had children of her own, 
but she still carried these deep wounds in her heart from being orphaned and feeling rejected. She had even taken a decision recently to kill herself. But in this workshop, she was able to share her pain with another person, to pray together with them, and then to give over her pain to God in prayer and ask for healing. And she felt lighter and free afterwards. And that night, she had a dream. And in the dream, she had a rope around her neck. But someone came and cut the rope. And she realized it was Jesus setting her free. And so she shared with all of us in excitement that God had healed her heart. This woman, who had faced rejection and marginalization in her family and also as a refugee, experienced God restoring and healing her, just as God healed and restored the lepers that Jesus encountered. So we would like to suggest that there are three ways that we see this story from Scripture speaking to us today, showing us God's heart and inviting us to live in God's way. These three ways are belief, gratitude, and attitude. First, God is inviting us to believe. The 10 people afflicted with leprosy were asked by Jesus to take a step of faith that led to their healing. God is the same today. God can and does heal. We cannot expect God to always do what we ask, but we can come in humility and desperation like these people with leprosy and ask God to heal and restore. Sometimes I think we in the West need to be challenged not to rely only on medicine and science, but to remember that God is the one who is able beyond the reach of what science can tell us or medicine can do. I experienced this myself when God healed me of an intestinal disease in response to the prayers of others. It was a little outside my comfort zone, and it reminded me that my head knowledge about God does not always translate to my heart knowledge or my actions. God desires us to be whole in body, heart, and mind. Our second application is gratitude. After the workshop that I described, some of the participants who experienced inner healing held coffee gatherings, which is how they celebrate something in their culture. They invite friends and neighbors to come to their home for coffee and they share how God has healed them. The Samaritan who is healed in this story in Luke takes the time to return, to express his thanks, to praise God for what he has done. Gratitude is an expression. It's a declaration of our faith. So let us take time to thank God, even thinking back to the ways that God has answered prayers, led us or enabled us in the past. Jesus emphasizes that this man who returns to give thanks is a Samaritan. Perhaps he is emphasizing that the Jews of that time who thought that they had all the answers and the right approach to worshiping God 
had failed in this case to give thanks for their healing. It's easy for me to be like the other nine people who were healed, intent on my destination, moving on to the next thing, not wanting my task to be interrupted. But taking time to stop and reflect, to give thanks for what God has done, is an opportunity to draw near to God, to seek God's heart and let him form us. Lastly, we need to consider our attitude. May we consider our attitude, especially regarding those who are different from us. In the story of Luke, people, well, this person, this Samaritan who's considered outside of God's covenant, he is the one who, well, they're all healed, but he comes back. But someone who's considered outside of God's covenant is healed. This is not just for the Jewish people. That God's grace is for all peoples is the message. And perhaps the Jews would have been taken aback by this, thinking that they are God's people. They are God's special people, covenant people. It's only them who would receive from God um, in a special way. So as members of the human family, we suffer um, a malady that the technical word that I would use for it is ethnocentrism whereby we center ourselves, we center our people. In fact, we mentioned that in the prayer of confession this morning. We center ourselves, we center our people, we center our own history. We often do this according to our ethnic heritage, maybe the color of our skin, maybe where we're from, maybe our country. And for many of us, maybe we're proud of that identity and we may have good reasons to be proud. One word of caution that we might offer this morning, though, is that we not confuse this pride with our identity, this centering of ourselves and our people and our history, that we not confuse such things with God's eternal kingdom. As we know from the story this morning, Samaritans were despised by Jews of Jesus' time. So one wonders whether the words and actions in Jesus and his heavenly father are meant to challenge and even expand our notions of identity and belonging. Sometimes when we feel that our identity is somehow being challenged, we can negate other persons and even entire people groups. We see them out there as the problem. One of the gifts of living in South Sudan for Christy and I is that we have been embraced by the peoples of South Sudan, embraced by peoples of different cultures and languages. We become amongst them, almost one of them. We experience one another as pure gifts, that together um, we see each other as tangible expressions of God's goodness and God's love. In fact, just yesterday, I got a phone call from a friend of mine in Juba, South Sudan, just calling to encourage me and let me know that I'm not alone, that he's thinking about me and praying for me. So a question for all of us this morning is, a question for all of us right here at First Press Champagne this morning is, who stands outside of our, our group or our groups here? Who stands outside of our church community 
who stands outside of our community that we live in? What groups of people do we maybe somehow, maybe either consciously or even unconsciously look down upon as different or other or dirty or just not one of us? Does God care about these persons and groups? Are we living in fear of the other? Or are we as God's people courageously creating a new world of justice, love, and peace? So in conclusion, we know that all of us are broken people. There's a lot of pain and sickness in our world. God desires to bring wholeness, to bring healing as he did to these 10 people described in Luke. God is able to heal our bodies and also our hearts as he did for this woman that I described in the workshop. And we also believe in an ultimate healing that one day God will heal us fully, body, mind, and spirit. So we invite you to consider, are there wounds in your heart, body, or mind that need healing? And are there people in our communities who are like these people with leprosy, isolated, marginalized, without hope? How can we show God's love and bring hope to them? So let us cultivate our faith, our belief that God can and does heal by reminding ourselves of these testimonies. And then let us give thanks. Finally, let us have Jesus's attitude of love, compassion, and humility toward the people who are on the edges of our communities like these people with leprosy. Thank you. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week. Thank you.